Hi, this is Jeff from Alberta, Canada, and you are listening to Rico and the Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. The Time Tunnel. Well, thank you, Jeff. Jedi Jeff on the forums. And this is Rico, and this is the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, the weekly show about Star Trek and all kinds of geeky TV and movies and entertainment that's out there in the world uh, of past, present, and future. Well, I guess in the future, yeah, we talk about that. <laughs> this is podcast 256. It is December the 6th, 2009. On today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a classic TOS episode, Dagger of the Mind, from season one of the original series. Uh, talk about some other sci-fi on TV and movies, things I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks for the holiday releases, uh, that James Cameron Avatar movie's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to seeing that and a few other things, and lots of good stuff on TV lately, too. And uh, just the usual topics, I might try to get a uh, collectible in at the end of this one. I've said that for a while now, but I'm going to try to do it this week. I think I can manage it. So anyway, sit back and relax and get ready for Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. And I just want to welcome anyone who might be listening for the first time, and also welcome back to all all the good old Treks in Sci-Fi listeners. Uh, there I go with the good old stuff again. It's been actually... It's been kind of a couple of weeks, really, since I've uh, I've done more of a normal quote unquote uh, a show for you. Uh, we did a Skype call, I know, a couple of weeks ago. Last week was that excellent guest cast with the Rick and Rick team, Rick Moyer and uh, Rick Pete, talking about the Bionic uh, Woman and the Six Million Dollar Man and the TV movies. They they did an excellent job, didn't they? Give them applause. Give them some applause. You know, yeah, good job, guys. It was great to listen to that. And I, I love the guest shows. Just not only do they give me a, a little bit of a break for a week and kind of let me recharge uh, my podcasting, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just it, I, I find it fun to see what other people come up with, what they want to do, the subjects that they like and, and what they bring to it. You know, we've had some really good ones in the last few months. And we've, you know, ever since I... I tried to open things up like that i've i've been just loving everything that everyone's been doing and i want to do that even well as much as i've been doing it and you know i just kind of let it go right now for whoever sends me an idea who uh who would like to come on the show i try to break them up a little bit probably about once a month or so 
uh, is my goal, I think, for for that, for the guest hosting spot uh, or podcast. But, you know, we can do a little bit more if we get more of those or less if they dwindle off. Uh, But anyway, and the other thing that I wanted to mention about that is, you know, just shoot me an email at treksf at gmail.com. You know, if you've got an idea, some kind of TV show that I haven't covered that you might want to cover, uh, or a movie, uh, even some books, uh, you know, I'm open for just about anything. We have Vartok. I know the next guest cast is going to be just at the first of the year. Uh, Vartok, who is our sort of musical expert genius, who always sends in those great, uh, you know, little bits on the different composers and and all kinds of great music uh, info. He is going to do a whole podcast about uh, the uh, just amazingly prolific and excellent composer John Williams, of course, who who's done you know the Star Wars films, and I'm not even going to get into it. He's done so much for for sci-fi and fantasy music over the years, I, and I just can't wait to to hear what he has uh, he comes up with for the podcast. I know I would be feel a pretty daunted by by tackling a podcast just about John Williams. Uh, but I know he'll do a great job, and that's going to be coming up at the first of the year. Uh, actually, while I'm thinking of it, maybe I'll just go over that right now. I've got the new kind of schedule. I have this on the forum. I'll post it up on the main website. But just let me tell you what's coming up on Treks and Sci-Fi over the next coming weeks, and then we'll get into more of the normal uh, talk and uh, uh, the episode later for uh, TOS Dagger of the Mind. Uh, next week, uh, on December 13th, I am going to look at finally... And I know people are wondering, gosh, Rico, didn't you do this yet? Uh, No, I haven't, actually. I am going to look at Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first Indiana Jones film, uh, for uh, the first time on Treks and Sci-Fi. I'm a big indie fan. I I even enjoyed the last movie, even though it was maybe not as good as it could have been. Uh, But uh, I, I love Indiana Jones, the character. Harrison Ford is great. And I've been wanting to cover those films toyed with the idea of doing them all on one podcast but said there's just no way i i want to do it that way i'm going to probably look at them all individually uh over over time but uh start off with raiders of the lost ark that'll be next week after that the the weekend of the 20th i'm going to be looking at the voyager episode uh this one's called 1159 that's that janeway episode where it's sort of set in the past, uh, looking at one of Janeway's ancestors. Uh, I, I thought that was an interesting one, and, and the reason I kind of picked it now is it was set around the turn of the millennium, I believe, that episode. And since we're coming up on a new year, kind of a new decade, 2010, uh, I thought it would be appropriate to maybe look at that episode now. On December 27th, I am going to do a another video podcast. This is going to be sort of a fun little Trekmas podcast uh, talking about uh, my my idea for the sort of theme for this show, for this video show, is going to be about uh, kind of looking back at the year of 2009 and uh, the uh, sci-fi and fantasy entertainment on TV and movies, what I liked, uh, the highlights, and, and talk about some of the things, probably cover the, the Trek movie a little bit again, and other films and TV shows. We've had a lot of good stuff this year to watch, and uh, so that'll be a kind of a retrospective look back at the year, a video show. If you would like to include uh, a, a few minutes of video for yourself, you know, if you want to have, you know, say, hey, I really enjoyed this movie, or just have some comments you want to say, or even a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, or whatever you want to put on a little video for three or four minutes, uh, go ahead and do that, and just uh, get those over to me. We can arrange different ways to get the video to me. 
Most of the people who have done it in the past kind of know how to do that. There's ways to FTP it and stuff. But I would need it a few days at least before that uh, 27th. Uh, so if you want to do a little video, please send it in. Even if it's to promote whatever, you know, there's a lot of people I know on the forum and stuff doing their own little podcasts, uh, other little projects. If you want to promote something like that and make a little video, I'd be happy to include it in that show. So go ahead and do that. And then, of course, on the January 3rd, third show that's the vartok john williams special so that is what's coming up on treks in sci-fi hi this is rick moyer and i've got a brand new cd out to watch the stars with it's called stargazer take a listen to some of the songs three two one zero launch commit liftoff we have liftoff with apollo 14 three minutes past the hour this 13-track CD or download it at takehimwithyou.com slash stargazer. Stargazer, a collection of songs to watch the stars with. Get your copy today. Well, thanks, Rick. And, and definitely check out Rick's uh, CD. If you haven't picked that up yet, you definitely should. And maybe pick one up for a friend or two uh, for Christmas. It would be a great gift, something that they probably don't have, which is always tricky for some people that I know uh, to shop for certain people. It's always sometimes hard to come up with uh, a gift for certain folks that you might know. So that might be a good suggestion and a good idea. And uh, I, I know that they'd enjoy it. It's great listening music. To uh, you can listen to it to a lot of different things, you know, looking at the stars or you know, cleaning your house. I think I've said before, but definitely check out Rick's CD on sale now. Well, I just have to get this kind of out of the way. There's you know, many people I know on the forums know this, uh, pretty much everyone who's a, a regular on the forums knows, uh, and some other people may know already, but uh. The situation about my job, <laughs> it's a complicated story. The, the The bottom line of it is I am back looking for work once again. Yes, that contract job for the, the month, uh, mostly the month of November, I guess, has ended, and I was not offered a permanent position. Long story short, they had another contractor there at the same time who had worked for them for a number of years in the past, and they brought him back just before I started. Well, actually, a couple months before I started there. So it came down to they really couldn't afford to keep both of us around, unfortunately. So he had a lot more experience with the work they do there. I was certainly uh, doing well. They liked me and everything, but it came down to a financial thing. So it's it's unfortunate. They kind of actually really kind of goofed up in, in a way because I, I they probably really should have never even kind of dangled that carrot in front of me and brought me in at all uh they kind of there was some complications there was some confusion and they have a couple different sites and the different people weren't really talking to each other and anyway i'm not going to get into a lot maybe i'll do a attic of my mind i keep saying i need to do another one and uh, maybe i'll do one of those and kind of give you the whole full-on story uh it's not that big of a thing but anyway so for about the last week i've been back at uh, the job ended just before thanksgiving I've been back back uh, looking for new work. So anyone out there listening that uh, would like to hire me, I'm, I'm a 
pretty, you know, open for anything. <laughs> Go to any state, any country, do pretty much any, you know, anything that I can handle. Uh, obviously, in the sciences and chemistry and that kind of stuff is my focus still. And uh, But I am back looking, looking in Michigan, looking outside of Michigan. The Midwest is helpful or is, you know, I'll, I've looked at other states and I'm kind of open for just about anything. Anyway, it's uh, unfortunate and it's kind of, uh, I've, I guess I've come to terms with it again. It's kind of, uh, I, you know, I had it worked out. I think I had a good attitude and I had everything going well. And then they, you know, there's this job possibility kind of just kind of there. And then, then it, that kind of gets chopped off. So it's been a little tricky to get back into it. Uh, it's, I really thought it was over. I, I even up to the day before they told me they weren't going to continue, uh, ha, you know, with me there. I had been given really positive feedback, so it was a bit of a surprise, and and that's always difficult. You know, if it would only been, hey, we're only going to use you for a month, no real potential for a regular job, that would have been one thing. But the way it was handled really led me on in a different direction and made me think, oh, this is going to work out and it's good. And I was, I was getting along with the people and enjoying it and and all that. So that was, was difficult. So, but uh, that's done back at it. And I just wanted to let everyone know that's the deal. And so if you hear little comments from me here and there about, oh, I've got this job or that job interview or whatever, it's probably going to be kind of slow the next couple of weeks uh, with the holidays, but I'm hoping at the first of the year things will uh, start to, you know, companies will look around and go, hey, we could really use a, another good chemist at our company, and why don't we get this Rico guy in here, right? Yeah, yeah, come on, do that. So <laughs> so that's that story. Hey, let's get on to some other uh, sci-fi and TV news. How about the news in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. Okay, like I said earlier, I'm really looking forward to, I think probably there's two movies, especially over the holidays, I'm really looking forward to. One is definitely a sci-fi, almost fantasy, you know, you could throw that label on it a little bit. It's the James Cameron Avatar movie that comes out on the 18th, I think it is, of December. Uh, And IMAX as well, uh, 3D and all kinds of stuff like that. The movie visually looks amazing. I'm looking forward to it. I, I still think the story looks kind of, real simple and basic in a way but i'm i'm still wanting to see this a lot Uh, the other film that's not really sci-fi but uh you know has that kind of geeky appeal to it i think the way they're doing it is sherlock holmes which is uh due out on christmas day with robert downey jr jude law rachel mcadams i think that lots of uh good people in the movie and it looks a lot of fun so Sherlock Holmes has always been an interesting character, I thought, so that uh, looks good, too. I think there's a few other things, but those are the two biggies that I'm really looking forward to this uh, Christmas time uh, of, at the movies. The TV scene, though, I think has even been more interesting. I, I've really been enjoying uh, all the sci-fi, the good stuff. Stargate Universe continues to be good. They just aired their uh, mid-season finale, which, to, you know, to break up the season, I'm guessing it'll be back sometime maybe early in the year, maybe January, February. I haven't really heard exactly when. But they ended on kind of a a bit of a cliffhanger in a way. Uh, Some pretty uh, big things happened in the last episode. I'm not going to give it away. But if you've been watching uh, Stargate Universe, you may know what I'm talking about by now. And if you're not, you know, catch up. uh, I believe you can watch those online, sci-fi, syfy.com. 
I'm, I think they end up on Hulu at some point, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, the other show that's back now, finally, is Dollhouse, although unfortunately it, it has been canceled. It will still air the, the rest of its episodes, I think, for... Um, I'm trying to think of how many they made this year. 13? I think it was a shorter season. I don't think they did a full season. Uh, but they just aired like a back-to-back episodes this past Friday, and it, it's still a great show. I'm really loving it. Uh, they they really kind of are going in a few new directions, and it's it's a, it's not just sort of stagnant, and, and they are doing a lot of things on the show. And, of course, you know, when that happens, oh, look, it's canceled, and it's really getting good. So it, it's sad in a way. And uh, But if you are watching that, uh, you know, keep at it. Watch watch these final episodes. Just, you know, don't just go away just because it's been canceled. I, I think that the good thing is they knew it a little bit of ahead of time. And I think uh, Joss Whedon, who, you know, who writes in and created the show, is going to kind of wrap things up in a way to a degree and give us kind of a finale, and, and it wasn't like it got chopped off in, in like Firefly or other shows where we don't really get a conclusion or, or some kind of satisfying ending. He knows this ahead of time, so I think they're going to have a chance to kind of wrap it up a bit, at least to a degree. I, I don't know if he's going to wrap every little thing up. So so Dollhouse is good. Uh, I've been enjoying Smallville, still Fringe. V did its four episodes that's been good uh but not back till march oh flash forward just aired uh its last episode and it won't be back not last episode ever it's not going to be back until march uh 2010 either i don't know what it is with abc they did it with they're doing it with v and flash forward flash forward the last episode i thought had some really interesting points about alternate universes and different talk like that and parallel universe things but it's now it's gone for three months or so or more than probably three months i guess you'd say uh what else has been on oh clone wars is still running that's good uh just you know the sci-fi is like everywhere oh there's this new sci-fi channel alice miniseries that's starting tonight uh it is uh i think it's two nights only They've done a few of these in the past few years. Tin Man, I think, was the last one, uh, that Wizard of Oz uh, takeoff. Uh, these have been really good. I, I, I enjoy them quite a bit. They, they really have some interesting things they do, and I, I've enjoyed the productions that they've put on over the last few years. Unlike their Saturday night movies, which are kind of... Uh, oh, Sanctuary, which reminds me of that, the um, Sanctuary TV show on Friday nights. That's also a fun show enjoying that still you know just about every night there's something almost geeky and sci-fi to watch and some nights more than than others but uh you know in january there's some new stuff will be coming back uh chuck which is a great show you if you if you haven't watched chuck you should give it a try that's coming back in january uh 24 which isn't really sci-fi although some of the stuff gets a little out there uh that will be returning uh, is probably my uh you know favorite uh Almost favorite non-sci-fi show, although I'm enjoying Dexter a heck of a lot these days, too. Uh, And that's on uh, Showtime. I think we've got a couple episodes left of Dexter. So just a ton of stuff. I know it seems like I watch a lot of TV, but it's, you know, an hour or two a night, maybe, give or take. Uh, It's just there's a lot on these days, and most of it's pretty good, actually, uh, which is surprising. You know, sometimes we have a lot of shows, but they're not really, you know, some are really good and other ones are not so much uh, but most of these are, are pretty good, and I'm really uh, enjoying all the stuff we're having on TV to watch these days. Hello, folks. This is Rico. And before we get started on the podcast today, I just want to talk to you real briefly about GoDaddy.com. Uh, 
I've bought a lot of uh, web domain names uh, over the years, and GoDaddy has some great offers, really excellent hosting packages, and, and just all around great service. I've used them for quite a long time. And they've also supplied some codes for listeners to Trex and Sci-Fi. So if you want to get a domain name or get some web hosting going, go check them out. And the codes you can use are US Trek 1, US Trek 2, US Trek 3, and US Trek 20. Just try the right code or all the codes to see which gives you the best discount. So check out GoDaddy.com and get on the web. Yeah, there's not a huge amount of Trek uh, news right now. They've been putting out some pretty uh, good comic books still. Those have been out in the... There's some new novels. Of course, the movie's out on DVD and Blu-ray, so you should pick that up if you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, what else? Uh, the uh, They're still talking a lot, uh, rumors and scuttlebutt and things, about the next film in the series. Nothing definite. Uh, it is looking really likely we won't see it until 20. Uh, is it 11 or 12? What am I talking about? Uh, let's see, two years after nine. Yeah, 2012 is the year, right? Three years past the movie. Uh, they're just probably not going to be able to pull it together before. Uh, so we'll have a, like a three-year gap between films, which, you know, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. It's not much we can do about that. Uh, it would be nice if it was quicker, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. So, And there's plenty of other good entertainment to see between now and then of other things. Uh, every summer has got a ton of movies and, and that to see, so it will have plenty to keep us entertained. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is, and I don't think I had a chance on the podcast yet, they, they did publish, and I think I put a link up, uh, well, on the forum I know I did, and you can check trekmovie.com, they... They have uh, quite a few stories about this up there. But they published the script, uh, scripted scene that was going to be William Shatner's part. Uh, they were going to have this sort of little voiceover, a little recording thing in the uh, near the end of the movie. That was the idea. of bring, The way to bring William Shatner in the, the last movie was through that device. And I... I'm not going to tell you everything about it. I think it's worth reading, though. I think the scene would have been kind of nice to have. Was it necessary to the story and plot? No, not really. But it would have been a neat little thing to to put into the movie. Uh, and that's about it. I mean, there's talk also that there, you know, William Shatner has been saying, "Oh, I'd be happy. J.J. Abrams, call me up. I'd I'd love to be in the next movie." I, the only thing I keep thinking and saying and 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 you know about this whole situation is. Unless, you know, I guess they could slide him in as another little cameo situation, but if it seems kind of forced, they don't really need to do that. I, I mean, it would be a nice thing for the fans, but I, I I respect these guys, and I think they'll do the right thing. I don't think they'll just shove him in a, you know, he'll be, you know, serving a drink or something like that to uh, to one of the new crew people in a bar playing a bartender <laughs> or whatever, and, and, you know, maybe it's supposed to be, you know, Kirk's, grandpa or something like that who knows uh, anyway uh, it's we'll see what happens with this whole deal I, I think they these guys proved in the last movie that they can do a good movie with you know not a lot of help from the old cast they did have Leonard Nimoy and that was I think a critical point to the storyline in the last film but I don't expect to see him again in the next movie and I just want them to do something really cool really fresh really original and and not rely a lot on the older cast or or even older stories that they done they've done like Khan and all of that. I think they can go off 
and do something on their own. So we will see what happens with the next Trek film. Okay, I have uh, one little voicemail here that I wanted to play for you. Uh, This is in sort of response to, uh, this is from several podcasts back where I was talking about the problem with one of the Clone Wars uh, TV show broadcasts where when I was watching uh, the the HD version, I was watching the audio was not very good. The voice quality or the voice sound level was way low, and you could barely make out the words and the lines of the cast. Anyway, I got this voicemail, and I thought I would play some of it for you. Uh, hello, Rico. It's been a while since I sent you an audio comment here, but I'm out here listening. This is Scott in New Hampshire again. And uh, as usual, I'm listening and doing something else. You kind of eluded that you knew that goes on with people, and you're trying to figure out all the scenarios, you know, driving and exercising. How about this? How about working? You know, I'm out here uh, doing backbreaking work. Listen to this. Yes, I'm shoveling crushed rock into a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I'm digging a drainage ditch around my house that is necessary. At least across the front, I should say. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but uh, what people do when they listen to you. Anyway, you were talking about uh, listening to a show. Um, I think it was Clone Wars or something. And that, Anyway, the, the show's audio was all distorted for the entire hour, and he said, gee, how could that happen? Isn't there supposed to be somebody there that's just listening to this? You'd think they'd notice it. Well, I happen to be in a position to answer that question for you because that's what I do for work. Maybe not much longer. The world's a a tough place nowadays, and uh, I may be in your position soon, unemployed. Well, actually, I guess you're partially employed. I'm going to be what you were, (laughs) is unemployed. Uh, And I'm not looking forward to it. I have to say, you've had quite... A stiff upper lip. I uh, I admire your tenacity. I admire your ability to be out of work and, and not seeming to let it get to you all that much. And uh, at least in the face that you put forward on the show, um, you know maybe personally it's a little more uh, of a downer than that. But you know you figure it just doesn't belong on the show. In any case, uh, it's tough life today for a lot of people. I hope. It doesn't happen with me. But I currently work in television. Yes, in master control in the television. Yes, I watch TV for a living, or so they say. Uh, I got news for you. <laughs> now, we're only just one station. We're my network television. And so there's only one program stream that I'm responsible for. But I got to tell you, uh, yes, I am, I am listening to and watching what's on my station. I am not you know, uh, ignoring it. And if there was distortion or something, I would have caught that if that was at my station. But I have to tell you something that I do know is going on in this country and may be responsible for this sort of thing happening. Um, one of the people at our station went off uh, to another job. Um, our station has been leeching people. Obviously, this, per, this comment here is not for your podcast, so hopefully you listen this far before you play it. If you don't, then cut it off now if you're doing it or unedit it out or whatever. Um, anyway, the... Uh... Well, even though uh, Scott there doesn't say a whole lot, I think that was a problem or would get anyone into trouble, I, I did uh, just cut his, his comments off at that point, and, uh, and I'll, then I'll just say kind of what he relays overall basically he says you know that that staff has been cut at a lot of places and stations and therefore people that used to maybe just watch one show while it was airing and adjust it and tweak it 
now they're having to watch multiple things at the same time. Uh, you know, the resources and staff are, are, are so much lower that it's 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 affecting what we see on, on television broadcasts. And, I, yeah, I, I can certainly understand that. And I, I hope you didn't think that when I asked those questions, when I talked about that Clone Wars episode, that I was, you know, whining or complaining about anyone not doing their job exactly. What I was trying to just figure out is what, you know, what were the possible reasons it happened or how did it, it was it caused by, you know, what situation? And, and I know Kenny has talked about this a little on the forum. He's in, he's in the industry too. So he has some knowledge of this, but the, I think the scenario specifically that happened in those episodes though, was that they came in that way. It wasn't a broadcast thing. It was the episodes were somehow when they were mixed up or mixed up, mixed down. Because the, the reason I say that is that I recorded it again. It was on a couple of times later in the week, and it had the same issue in, in the, the whole show where the, the dialogue portion of the audio was way, way low, and you couldn't hear it. So I don't actually think it was anything wrong or a problem at the actual station, uh, the Cartoon Network that was airing the episodes. I think the source material had a problem. At least that's my thinking since it happened multiple times. And I, I saw a few people uh, on other forums say the same thing in their their broadcast areas, you know, in different cities. They had the same issue. So I, I have a hard time thinking that was the broadcast itself or the people there doing the you know, the monitoring of the show. I don't think they could do anything about it. I think the source material was messed up. But anyway, thank you for your comment, uh, Scott. I appreciate it. Okay, we're going to get into now the TOS episode, Dagger of the Mind. This is a first season uh, Star Trek original series episode, and it actually is one of my, it's one of the episodes from season one, which I, I generally is my, probably my favorite uh, season of Trek ever, of season one of the original series, but it's one of the episodes that's not really on my, you know, top list. It's it's okay, and I, I just wanted to say that since I, I think a lot of times it comes off, and I, I feel like every time I do a, any Trek episode, I'm always saying, oh, this is such a great episode, this is a good one, I love this one, blah, blah, blah. This one is kind of different, and it's not it's not one that I would pull out and watch again and again. I've seen it, of course, still a number of times over the years, but it's not necessarily one of my favorite episodes. But anyway, it's called Dagger of the Mind. I'm not going to do the whole uh, episode audio commentary situation. I've I've collected about ten clips from the episode that I'll play as I discuss it. But this episode is written by a guy named Espar David. I think it's the only episode uh, that he wrote. Uh, it's directed by Vincent McKivity, and it first aired back in the around November in 1966 during the first uh, you know the first running of the original series was the first time it was seen. And the, the couple things about this episode, one, it, it's a, a, to me, it's a very different kind of Trek episode. It, it shows us uh, the situation with people that have mental issues, mental problems in the future, which Star Trek doesn't deal with a whole lot. The, you know, everyone seems to be all together and there isn't a lot of crime that we ever see. Uh, but it comes up a few times in the original series, and this is one of them. And it talks about this being like this mental health penal colony for these criminally insane people uh, too which is a little weird and a little unusual uh what this do this episode does have though is it has a pretty strong good guest cast uh we have uh 
let's see the I always forget these guys' names. So oh yes, it's um, Morgan Woodward plays Dr. Simon Van Gelder in this episode, and we have James Gregory, a great, another great character actor, who plays uh, Dr. Tristan Adams, Dr. Adams, who runs the the Tantalus facility, and he's kind of a evil guy. And then we have Marianna Hill as Dr. Helen Noel. Which <laughs> this episode uh, gives Kirk another you know girl in the universe to go after, uh, and uh, even though they they kind of have to push him in that direction a little bit, but I'll talk more about that as we go through the episode. It, it's again a different type of Trek episode. I feel it's mostly just Kirk down on the planet investigating, and then Spock up in the ship. Uh, with uh, Dr. Van Gelder, who's escaped, and mind-melding with him and trying to figure out, and kind of, in a way, a detective story where you're trying to figure out exactly who to believe and what has happened. So let's start off with uh, one of the early clips for this episode. Possibly hidden in the box we beamed up to you. Repeat, unable to locate one of our inmates. This is a potentially violent case. Enterprise acknowledging, stand by. Security alert three. Security alert. Condition three. All sections go to alert condition three. We may have an intruder aboard. All sections to alert condition three. Intruder aboard. Hey! You're from engineering! Bridge, section C, deck 14. Captain, section C, deck 14, reporting trouble. Someone in engineering uniform. Security control, this is the bridge. Come in. I have them, Captain. Closing off deck 14. Search in progress. So the setup here is that the Morgan Woodward's character, who uh, was also in another episode, the Omega Gloria, he was also in that episode as Captain Tracy, he has escaped from this mental penal colony institution here. He beamed up uh, to the Enterprise in this cargo container and they're searching for him on the ship. He's escaped, and they're, the uh, Tantalus colony has contacted the Enterprise, said, hey, you've got this escaped nutcase running around the ship. Uh, now, uh, sorry about that. Why don't you find him for us? <laughs> and, of course, they start uh, looking for Dr. Van Gelder. Well, actually, they don't know who that is at the beginning of that. Which one of you is the captain? I'm Captain Kirk. Van Gelder. I want asylum. At gunpoint? I want your promise first. Your word that you won't take me back there to Tantalus. Disable your vessel first. You choose, Captain. I'll destroy your control panel. Take him to sick bay. Reverse course. 
Head back for Tantalus Colony. One thing that uh, gets me about that is that, you know, they set up this security alert situation on the Enterprise, and the guy just jumps in a turbo lift, and, and it lets him, you know, it takes him right to the bridge. He's got a phaser in his hand. You would think a, a 23rd century starship would have, you know, when you go into an alert condition that it would block off the bridge or or scan whoever is in the turbo lift, see that they got a weapon. They, you know, I they're seems like there'd be a way to avoid that of course it's much more dramatic this nut guy you know gets up on the bridge with a phaser pointing at the captain and they have to to take him out and, and get him down to sick bay but it, it just is a little bit hokey when you think about it and you know that that's happened a number of times in trek uh the original series it's happened in other series as well that these people it's like oh look we have this nice bridge set let's bring you know the bad guys right up to it like there's no protocol or there's no little code you got to enter you know gosh i mean you know you go in buildings these days if you go in any kind of high security building there's a key card system or something you know when you watch enough tv and movies people are putting in biometric scanners these days in places i i'm not really trying to make a big deal out of this one it's just it, it really is kind of for dramatic effect only it doesn't really make sense so interesting but and fun but it doesn't really add up What's so fascinating? An identification tape from our ship's library on Dr. Simon Van Gelder. Dr. Van Gelder? Dr. Van Gelder, Captain. No mistake. There's a full ID tape on him. Committed to Tantalus Colony when? Assigned there six months ago as Dr. Adams' associate. Ship to surface. Tantalus Colony. Heading frequencies open, sir. USS Enterprise to Tantalus Colony. Tantalus. This is Captain Kirk. I'd like to speak to Dr. Adams. Stand by, Enterprise. Captain Kirk, Dr. Adams here. Dr. Adams, regarding your escaped man... Is Dr. Van Gelder all right? And your people? No injuries? No casualties, sir. This man is Dr. Simon Van Gelder. Yes, of course. You're certainly all right. We've been very concerned... In the violent state he's in... No harm to him, sir. We thought you might enlighten us as to his condition. He'd been doing some experimental work, Captain. An experimental beam we'd hoped might rehabilitate incorrigibles. Van Gelder felt he hadn't the moral right to expose another man to something he hadn't tried on his own person. Tragedy, Doctor. Jim. That doesn't quite ring true. Uh, Dr. Adams, please stand by. Explain. I don't believe him. I can't explain it, but the more I study that patient... You don't believe him and you can't explain it. Bones, are you aware that in the last 20 years, Dr. Adams has done more to revolutionize, to humanize prisons and the treatment of prisoners than all the rest of humanity had done in 40 centuries? Yeah, it's a good scene there uh, between McCoy and Kirk and, and on the bridge and then Dr. Adams on the on the intercom. And, and they eventually decide that they need to investigate this further. McCoy doesn't quite believe things and doesn't make sense to him. So he uh, kind of insists that Kirk investigate. So Kirk decides to uh, go pay uh, Dr. Adams and the Tantalus Colony a visit. And this brings us to uh, he asks for someone to go with him, a technical expert in psychiatry and 
and penal rehabilitation, and that introduces us to the character of Dr. Helen Noel. Dr. Helen Noel, Captain. We've met. Science lab Christmas party? Yes, I remember. You dropped it? Yes, yes, I remember. Problem, Captain? Mr. Spock, you tell McCoy that she had better check out as the best assistant I ever had. In here, I presume, Doctor. Perhaps it would be simpler if you called me Helen, Captain, since... This is another time, another place, and another situation. Yes, yeah, so there we have uh, Dr. Helen Noel, a uh, very attractive crewman that uh, Kirk gets uh, kind of stuck with to go down and investigate Tantalus. McCoy, I think, was playing a little bit of a joke to a degree on him. Uh, played by actress Mariana Hill, who's had a lot of credits I, I looked up. Worked with uh, a lot of different celebrities in, in some pretty big movies, Clint Eastwood, she was in the Godfather movies, worked with Elvis Presley. Anyway, uh, but one interesting point about this episode is that, of course, the, the character of Janice Rand started out as being, uh, you know, part of the Enterprise crew in the early episodes of Trek. And this uh, script and story was originally, she was supposed to be accompanying Kirk down to this penal colony and not Helen Noel, but they were deciding that Kirk needed to be this sort of intergalactic Lothario give him a new girl every week kind of situation. And if he always had Janice Rand, Yeoman Rand around, that wouldn't work very easily. So this was the start of, you know, the girl of the week to a degree for Kirk. And in this case, one of the other crew people on the Enterprise goes with him. And, you know, Trek also plays this fun little game with names. Here her name is Dr. Helen Noel. And what comes out in this episode that you learn is that Kirk had met her previously at a Christmas party aboard the Enterprise, and, you know, they had danced and stuff like that. So they, you know, they get to play this fun little game where they name her Dr. Noel, you know, and they met at Christmas time. How cute. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, nice little point. And uh, I, I like the fact that you get to see other people here, you know, other members of the crew, of course, Unfortunately, they start to look like, you know, it's either a, a redshirt security guy who gets killed in the first five minutes or it's some girl that, that Kirk's had some little, uh, you know, flirtation with or something like that. Ah, Lathe, come in. Lathe, this is Captain Kirk and Dr. Helen Noel. Lathe came to us for rehabilitation and stayed on as a therapist and a very good one, too, I might add. I love my work. Go right ahead, Captain. Before you came here, 
I was another person. Malignant, hateful. May I ask what crime you committed? Does it matter? That person no longer exists? Um, part of our cure, if you will, Captain, is to bury the past. Why should a person go on living with unbearable memories if there's no necessity? Well, I feel quite sure that you'd concur with me in that, Doctor. Helen. A shifting of memory patterns is basic to psychotherapy. Yes. And now to the toast, hmm? You'll forgive us, Lethe. There you are, Captain. To all mankind, may we never find space so vast, planets so cold, heart and mind so empty that that we cannot fill them with love and warmth. So there's Dr. Adams, and you meet this other uh, person there called Lethe, which her name means in mythology, uh, it, it represents a river of forgetfulness. And here she's this former patient that's sort of buried down and forgotten her past. And another part of this episode that seems odd to me is is these ideas of, and I don't know if this was the idea of mental health, you know, ways to deal with people with mental issues, but in the 60s, but, you know, the Dr. Helen Noel there says, oh, yeah, yeah, bury the past, uh, you know, and push it down. That's a, that's a common way to deal with, you know, people that have problems. I always thought it was completely the opposite for the most part. I mean, I'm no expert in this. I've taken a couple of psych classes and things, but the I, I always thought it was people who bury the past, you know, it's kind of, you know, haunts them until they kind of get it out or deal with it in a way. But that's just kind of a little side point. It always seemed a little odd to me, though, that they were completely fine with, okay, you know, well, just, you know, all those bad things you did and all that. Why don't you just sort of try to forget that and bury it down, and uh, and that'll make you feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Captain, Van Gelder has made reference to a particular treatment room. The term was neural neutralizer. Yes, he was injured there. I've seen the room. Dr. Adams explained the mistake Van Gelder made. Go ahead, Mr. Spock. Anything further? Yeah, Mr. Spock sounds like a very excellent second in command, Captain Kirk. Please tell him to go ahead and speak freely. I have to check in with a member of my staff anyway. Thank you, Dr. Excuse Adams. me. Stand by, Mr. Spock. Dr. Adams has left with some things to attend to. What is it, Mr. Spock? Van Gelder is extremely agitated, Captain, and warns that you're in danger. Oh, that's foolish. Uh, please repeat, Captain. I didn't receive that. Tell McCoy, the technical expert he sent along with me, insists that any concern is unjustified. According to Adams, Van Gelder created his own problem. He's suffering from neural synapse damage, as if his brain were short-circuited. It's no wonder he's having delusions. McCoy here received and understood. But we still have some doubts up here, Captain. Can you tell us any more? Not really. When do you plan to beam back up, Captain? I think we'll spend the night here, Mr. Spock. No! 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 And you will continue to check in every four hours? Affirmative. Kirk out. No! No! No, don't let them! 
You must warn you, Captain. No! No! Don't let him stay! Don't let him stay! I really like uh, Morgan Woodward as Van Gelder in this episode. I think he's he's really a strong actor, and he does the you know he plays crazy really well in this in this show. So he he does a good job, and it, it's fun to see that, especially with McCoy and Spock there. You know, very different characters. It works well with the three of them. He's all looks you know got to, he has his eyes sort of wide, and he's sweaty, and he. he does a great job there, and and again, I, like I said earlier, the the guest stars in the cast in this episode, I think, do much more with it, and 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 just bring out a lot more than the episode and the script really provides. I, I think you know one of the problems I have with this one a little bit is the idea that there's this crazy doctor down on this planet doing these things, uh, and no one's really caught on to it over all these you know all this time that he's been doing this <laughs> you know how many people has he had to sort of shut up and and use this little device on that you're going to learn here uh this neural neutralizer and all that I, it, it's some of it's hard to swallow you know it is sci-fi and you know people always say well it's sci-fi you should be able to swallow it but you know even though they're warping around and beaming down on planets the the story elements sort of still have to be acceptable and that was one of my things about this episode is there's some fun moments in it and that and interesting things, but it's still kind of as a whole, I have a hard time kind of believing that this all was going on for so long and no one caught on. Enterprise log. First officer Spock, acting captain. I must now use an ancient Vulcan technique to probe into Van Gelder's tortured mind. Spock, if there's the slightest possibility, it might help. I've never used it on a human, Doctor. There's any way we can look into this man's mind to see if what he's saying is real or delusion? It's a hidden personal thing to the Vulcan people. Part of our private lives. Now look, Spock. Jim Kirk could be in real trouble. Will it work or not? Do you understand? It requires I make pressure changes in your nerves, your blood vessels. You must open my mind. Let me warn you, explain to you. This will not affect you, Dr. McCoy. Only the person I touch. It is not hypnosis. I understand. So there's a bit of trivia for you. Uh, when What episode was the Vulcan mind meld first used in? And it is this episode, Dagger of the Mind, to um, in order to delve into Van Gelder's mind, find out really what's going on, they use, uh, Spock uses his little, uh, his little, <laughs> his mind meld uh, techniques on him for the first time you get to see that. The original story didn't have that. They were going to use some kind of a device similar to the neural neutralizer on the planet, you know, hook him up to this machine and, and, and go through this process of kind of asking him questions and trying to open his mind from the, the pain and, and the, the way it was. these things were pushed down and he was being programmed on the planet. They were trying to get that out of him through sort of a similar device they were going to construct and use in sickbay on him but this other idea came up and i don't know exactly how if it was gene roddenberry or who decided at the time to come up with this more 
kind of more elegant idea where this idea of the Vulcans could use telepathy and delve into uh, another person's thoughts. Uh, they didn't like to do it, and he'd never done it on a human before. But, of course, then this gets done you know, in, in several episodes more of the original series and beyond with Vulcan. So it started the whole uh, idea of the Vulcan mind melt. The next clip that I'm going to play for you, I just want to give a little prelude to this one. This one's kind of lengthy. This is the, the time where we really learn about this, the, the neural neutralizer, this chair with this little twirly light in front of it that allows basically them to uh, brainwash and manipulate a, a patient's thoughts. You can basically make them believe and think anything that you tell them. You turn on the device, you give them a suggestion, and it works. And uh, Captain Kirk and Dr. Noel go to investigate it, but are caught by uh, Dr. Adams' people, and things kind of go bad after that. You know, when we finally get through this, I'd like to locate and raid a kitchen somewhere. I put that suggestion in your mind, Captain. I said simply that you were hungry. Remarkably effective for a device that Dr. Adams was going to abandon. I think we should try this again. Yes. Pick something unusual, an unusual suggestion. Something we can both be sure of. At the Christmas party, we met. We danced. You talked about the stars. I suggest now that it happened in a different way. You swept me off my feet and carried me to your cabin. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Captain, if you crew saw you'd carry me here. My crew is sworn to secrecy. But my reputation, I mean, just having met like this. Of course, it would be different if you cared for me. want me to manufacture a lie? Wrap it up as a Christmas present for you? No. I'd prefer honesty. I want there to be no doubts whatsoever in his mind. Hmm. You're madly in love with Helen, Captain. You'd lie, cheat, steal for her, sacrifice your career, your reputation. No, Doctor, no! Okay. You feel it, Captain. You must have her or the pain grows worse. The pain, the longing for For years you've loved her, Captain. For years. For years I've loved you. You must continue to remember that, Captain. Now, she's gone. Helen! Helen, don't go! I need you, Helen! 
Yeah, so things kind of get messed up there. Kirk gets sort of programmed to be in love with Dr. Noel, and and eventually, though, they, they manage to use the, the classic uh, go-through-the-air-duct uh, situation. They put him in this room, uh, Helen Noel and Kirk, when they wake up, uh, he puts her in this little tube, goes down to the little power area, knocks out their little... They have the security field that, that uh, keeps others from beaming down, which I thought that was... Uh, I like that idea, and they, they use that in another episode, Whom Gods Destroy, uh, in Season 3 of original uh, Trek. Uh, but the, it makes it a little easier rather than them just beaming down and saving them Spock once he learns about everything that's going on. So, uh, And then the next clip here is uh, after that kind of transpires and Helen comes back and uh, Kirk has managed to kind of escape and Spock's beamed down too. Darling, are you all right? Yes. Well, this isn't right, Captain. Dr. Adams did this to you. Dr. Adams. Dr. Adams. The treatment room. Follow me. Jim. The machine was not high enough to kill. But he was alone. Can you imagine the mind emptied by that thing? Without even a tormentor for company. I understand. Yeah, so uh, fitting kind of uh, ending, you know, Dr. Adams uh, killed by his uh, own, you know, nasty little machine there. And, uh, you know, with uh, his mind basically kind of emptied out uh, by it uh, rather quickly, actually. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's what happens to him and, and everything's back to kind of normal. The uh, I've got one more clip to play, but the only weird thing about this episode, I, I thought, is they never really comment or deal with... Uh, you know, Kirk being sort of programmed to be in love with Dr. Noel. I mean, I guess maybe Spock had a mind melded with him and, and fixed him up, or maybe he just, he, he's got a strong enough mind and will that he just sort of pushes it aside. They don't really deal with that. And that happens in a couple of episodes of Trek, similar things like that, where uh, Kirk just sort of mans up, I guess you could call it, and, and you know, he's like, ah, he's the captain, he he's okay now, or whatever. But they don't really go into details about about the situation or, or, or comment on it too much. I, I thought that's kind of interesting uh, approach. But uh, here's the last clip for this episode, and I'll come back and wrap it up. Oh, Captain... There was a message from Tantalus Colony, sir. It was from Van Gelder. He thought you'd like to know the treatment room had been dismantled. The equipment destroyed. Forward phaser, affirmative. Thank you. Forward scanner to bridge. Data green. Generating control. Negative. It's hard to believe that a man could die of loneliness.
Not when you sat in that room. Take us out of orbit, Mr. Spark. Ahead, warp factor one. Acknowledge, Captain. Warp factor one. So there you have Dagger of the Mind from uh, the first season of TOS. Uh, interesting episode. Again, not not one of my favorites, but uh, some fun stuff in it. And, and definitely a good cast of characters, a good guest cast, I should say. Uh, next up, we've got uh, some comments about this episode from uh, Mr. Moyer. Hey, Rico, this is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen. Just uh, wanted to quickly say how much I enjoy Dagger of the Mind, the TOS episode. Um I don't know. The, I think the reason I like it so much is it was it was a little bit different than a, than regular Star Trek episodes. I don't know. I like the shape shifting guy. I like the um, the whole deal with Van Gelder. I always thought that'd be a cool um, name for a band, Van Gelder. Yeah, you know something like that. And I always I always got a kick anytime I get to see a karate chop to the shoulder that knocks a person out just like that. That's pretty cool. Kirk is well, Kirk and Spock are the only other ones that I've seen ever do that and actually work. So, anyway, I just kind of thought it was interesting to have the Madman take over and and uh, just the whole force field thing, and then trying to guess which one was Kirk and all that jazz. It was it was just kind of a cool show. So I enjoyed it. I, out of uh, five stars, I give that one a, a three and a half. That's how much I liked it. So there you go, Dagger of the Mind. Dun, 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 dun. Love that music on TOS. Thanks, Rico. Have a great day, and uh, keep up the great work. I love your podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, thanks for your comments, Rick. Uh, but I think you might be crossing a couple of episodes or confusing a couple of episodes together. You, you mentioned something about a shapeshifter and deciding which Kirk was which or something. I think you might be confusing a, a little bit with... What are little girls made of, maybe, in this episode, too? Uh, But anyway, uh, and the Karate Chop stuff, though, is funny. You're right about that. You know, how many times has that happened in Trek in the original series? It used to happen on that Wild Wild West TV show, too, quite a bit. You know, a quick Karate Chop and a guy's, like, on the ground unconscious. I don't know. I think you have to hit somebody pretty hard to do that. But uh, thanks for your comments. And uh, next up, uh, before we get into I am going to do a collectible review, but I want to play our Rick's uh, promo for this new uh, production he's doing of Scrooge, especially for the holiday. So listen to this, and I'll be back in a couple minutes. Hi, this is Rick Moyer from the Take Him With You podcast, and I wanted to invite you to join me for A Christmas Carol, a full-length audio musical drama starring lots of people that you probably know but have never heard them act it's going to be so much fun head on over to take him with you here's what you can expect from the drama join me on a journey of a change to life won't you join me for a Christmas carol Hi, 
the only thing in life. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge, just the same. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge, just the same. Sir, is it okay if I take the day off? Around 3pm. It is Christmas Eve. Nonsense, Cratchit. I pay you to work, not to enjoy frivolous holidays like Christmas. The answer is no. Get back to work. But, sir, surely Christmas holds some meaning to you. Uh, home at last. Time to get some peace and quiet from that Christmas nonsense. <laughs> what was that? Show yourself. Money, 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 money. How I love to count my money. Money, 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 money. You know, it really isn't funny. You are insane, Ebenezer. Your sin cries out from your every breath. You will get no rest from me, Mr. Scrooge. Because of you, I didn't get another chance to turn away from him. Oh! Even if it did, Mr. Scrooge, and it doesn't, I would imagine we would be too miserly to pay for it. <coughs> we'll be changed tonight, Ebenezer. But before that occurs, you'll be met by two more angels in your life. And one I wish you didn't have to know. Only one problem, Bob. The poor this year's horse. Why did you ever take that job with Mr. Scrooge? It was all that was available, you know that. Yes, I know. But he seems so harsh, and he pays you so little. You're worth more than that. What does that mean? I pay him a reasonable wage. And I'm Captain Kirk. Captain who? Oh, never mind. No. Humbug, you don't exist. Oh, that's one of my favorites. I don't exist. <laughs> You're here, Ebenezer, and I am very real. Well, as you can tell, it's quite a production with a lot of different people uh, lending their voice talents and acting skills. We tell a timeless message all about Christmas, and I'd love it if you would join me for A Christmas Carol. It'll be fully released on the 21st of December 2009, and you can download it for free. Uh, but I am releasing each part in four, uh, each and every Taking With You podcast coming right up to Christmas. So if you'd like to hear a little bit of what happened afterwards, you can hear Scrooge introduce each part of it as a flashback. Kind of fun. So uh, join me at TakeHimWithYou.com for A Christmas Carol. Merry Christmas! Well, that is something I, I'm definitely going to be listening to and downloading over the holidays, Rick. That sounds great. I'm a big fan of that story, A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens, and all the movie adaptations they've done and TV specials. I, I haven't seen the new Jerry, Jim Carrey uh, version or animated version of A Christmas Carol yet, but I'd like to. Anyway, uh, that'll be great. Looking forward to it a lot. Okay, we're going to do a real quick collectible review. I got this several weeks back, uh, but I just wanted to talk about it. It is a 1 15th scale 
uh, version of the Back to the Future time machine car as seen in the second Back to the Future movie. I am going to put some pictures up on the website, uh, on the collectible gallery, but I'm going to probably just keep it still in the box for now. I, I'm going to probably unbox it eventually, but I need a, uh, a cover or a case to put it in, and I don't have anything really right now to do that. So, But I'll tell you a little bit about it. It, it is... Um, it is made by Diamond Select. I got it from Entertainment Earth at, over at entertainmentearth.com. It is uh, really cool looking. It's got the blue lighting around it. It makes some sounds, which I don't know if you're going to be able to hear them very well, but it plays some different sound effects from the movie. And it's, uh, it's got a nice interior of the time machine of the DeLorean, you know, and the wheels turn. It's got lights. Uh, the wheels turn so it can go into, like, hover mode. Uh, it uses three batteries. Not that you probably care about details like that right now, but it is a. Uh, and the the cool thing they put they've put out a number of these uh, versions of the uh, of the DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future over the years. But this is a little larger scale than they typically have done. I've seen things like one twenty four scale, one thirty six, uh, even little Hot Wheels size, a small couple inch, uh, couple inches long. Uh, model little model cars of it, but one fifteenth scale is a it's a pretty nice size. It's it's a good several inches longer and wider than the other ones I've seen that they've done. So and that allows them to put a lot more detail into it as well. Uh, I think you can still get these over at EntertainmentEarth.com. There may be some other places. It says it's got a sticker on it that says a limited edition Entertainment Earth exclusive. Uh, but sometimes that just means it's a slightly different version of one that you can find at other uh, websites out there. So anyway, this is uh, a great little collectible. It doesn't cost a huge amount. I think it was around 30 or $35 when I bought it online. Not not too bad, you know, these days with everything more expensive each day, you know, it gets ridiculous. But anyway, check it out if you're a fan of the Back to the Future movies. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Remember, you can always contact me via email, treksf at gmail.com. Also, make sure that you check out uh, the website, you know, just treksinsci-fi.com. The forums are always fun. If you haven't joined, you should. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, we uh, have lots of great things always going on there every day. Uh, lots of different things going on. I'm starting my Job for a Hero uh, comic up again at jobforahero.com and just all kinds of things. If you need a website built, let me know. Uh, I'm still working on those things for some people. Uh, and uh, just, you know, have fun holiday season. And with that in mind, I am going to start playing uh, probably one each week for the next few weeks on the podcast. Some more of Rick Moyer's uh, music. This is off of his Merry Trekmas CD that he did last year. And I know if you contact him over at his websites. Uh, just go to takehimwithyou.com or shoot him an email. Uh, he's got moyermultimedia.com as well. I know he can hook you up with a CD. These are just cool Christmas classics with a little Star Trek theme to them. So uh, listen to this song, enjoy it, and I'll talk to you again next week with that Raiders of the Lost Ark podcast. Oh, please send in your comments, your thoughts on Raiders uh, to me before the podcast next week. Lots of Listener comments would be great for that show. So take care, everyone. Talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. You're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Oh, the universe out there is frightful, but Starfleet is so delightful. Since there's millions of aliens to know, 
Bully go, bully go, bully go. It doesn't seem to stop expanding, and exploring is so demanding. With the ship that really won't go slow. Boldly go, boldly go, boldly go. When we finally reach warp nine, how I'll hate going impulse again. But if you really calibrate, all the way home we'll hit warp ten. Our sensors are quite effective as we carry out our prime directive. As long as we love it so. Boldly go, boldly go, boldly go. Losing <laughs> power on the warp engine. That sir is illogical. Angels and ministers of grace defend us. It's no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. Thank you, sir. When we finally see new life, how we'll hate going back to the earth. But if we keep our mission so fair, all the way home I'll be where we never show signs of stopping. 'Cause there's tons of stars for shopping. Our lives we really want to grow. Boldly go, boldly go, boldly go. Knowledge of this technology is most impressive. You were the other man. I would kill you where you stand. All systems are functioning within normal parameters. To boldly go where no man has gone before. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. Treksinsci-fi.com.